Good evening. It's always my pleasure to be with the best people in the world because you are chosen, you are sanctified, you are loved, you are special to God's people, to, to God. So I'm always happy to be in the midst of such people. People who have a purpose, people whose longing is to advance the kingdom of God, people who have a purpose to life, people who have said, Lord God, I've come to you, whatsoever my shortcomings, my sins, I surrender everything to you, you died for me, just for me only. I know you died for the whole world, but even if it's just for me, I thank you, Lord, I give my life to you, I like to be in the midst of such people. And I'm so happy to be here today. So my topic today is, you know, we've been looking at the series Slow Down. My topic is slow down to speak and slow to anger. Slow down to speak. Be quick to listen. And the Bible passage is from... It's from James chapter 1, verse 19, uh, which is there on the board, on the projector. I don't know, I have a board on my, in my office. I don't know why I'm saying, oh, you know that, Tony. <laughs> and I use that a lot. <clears throat> it says, my dear brothers and sisters. So this is actually talking to the people I just introduced to you when I came up. Those whom God has chosen, those who have a personal relationship with God, those who see God as their friend, those who, who, who are following Jesus. So he says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. So I felt that in everything we've been talking about slowing down, it's like instruction. It's like, well, if you've forgotten every other thing, don't forget this thing. Take note of this Remember this. Pay attention to it. Be intentional about it. Be proactive about, about it. It says everyone, so it's not, it didn't say most people, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. It says because human anger does not work or does not produce the righteousness that God desires. When a man, when a woman becomes angry, don't think you can produce God's righteousness. It's really difficult. You know, you can't get angry with somebody, you fought with somebody now, and you say, Holy Spirit. It's really difficult. You can't just do that. God says, every time, be conscious that every time you get angry, it doesn't produce God's righteousness. That's first James chapter 1, verse 20. And I know in so many places and organizations, they've told us about anger management. I'm not going to be talking a lot about anger today. Anger is a feeling of annoyance or hostility or displeasure. It's like an emotional thing that, you know, it's a feeling and we've been told how to suppress it, so to say, when we go for anger management. So some of the things they tell us is take a walk, do some exercise, 
Talk to somebody. Move away from the situation. Identify triggers and warning signs and try and move away from them. Talk to somebody. Sometimes they say, just take a deep breath. (laughs) In fact, there was one they said, you should refrain from thinking. (laughs) So when you are getting angry, I'm talking about anger management. But that's not what I want to talk about today. You know, I want to talk about slowing down to speak. Slowing, what, what is the effect of what we say? What is the effect of what comes out of our mouth as Christians? Because we talk to so many people. I think I need to go and do a research and find out how many people we talk to. What does, how many people does an average person speak to every day? I've done a research before to find out how many decisions we take every day. You know how many decisions you take every day? 35,000 decisions every day. Just nodding your head is a decision. Yeah, just looking at me is a decision. Doing this is a decision. So they calculated it, the decision you take a day. Can you see that is massive? 35,000 decisions. So I need to go and find out how many people you speak to every day. But it's been said that women, they speak about 20,000 words a day. Between 15 and 20,000 words a day. Men speak about seven to 10,000 words a day. So can you imagine what we say is so powerful? So, um, that's research. It's not me, you know, about women. It's not me. You, you just find a way of talking. Uh, men, they just bottle things in. So as Christians... What, 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 what we say, why did God say we should just slow down to speak? And I'm discovering that in our generation, we have turned it the other way around. We are quick to speak and slow to listen. <laughs> Do you know that sometimes when somebody is saying something, even before he finishes what he's saying or she is saying, you're already you're already thinking of how to counteract what is the person is saying. You're already, you know, inside your mind, inside of you listening, you're already thinking of how to answer. You are not listening. And we are bombarded with so, so many informations that doesn't make us to slow down, to think, and then to speak. So as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, why must we slow down to speak? So when I was reading this, I now discovered something from James chapter 3. Let me read it. And I termed it, hello. (laughs) Yes, there's a slide for that, I think. That was a cue, my friend. (laughs) Hello. Yeah. So in in James chapter 3, let me just read a bit because I've still got so many things to say. Mm. I don't know whether I should read from verse 1. Let me read from verse 1. You will enjoy the read. James chapter 3 from verse 1. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm always conscious of this, that as a pastor, as a teacher, 
I'm going to be judged more strictly. We teachers, apostles, prophets, anybody that comes here, that you say something, will be judged more strictly. So I'm always careful of what is coming out of my mouth. As pastor, I cancel people a lot. I speak to people a lot. I'm always conscious. So I need to slow down to think about what I say. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect. Able to keep their old body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the old animal or take sheep as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body. So I'm looking at how God is estimating the tongue that it is very small, but it makes great boasts. This tiny mouth, little tongue, can boast about so many things. Can you imagine? Don't underestimate what you say. There are some of you who are here, probably when you are growing up, when you are little, either your grandparent or somebody else said something to you. That person must have forgotten, but do you still know that you remember that thing now? It could be good, it could be bad. And you can never forget such things. That's to show you how powerful the tongue is. What does it say? It says, likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire. Wow. Oh, when I read such things, I'm so, 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 so conscious and deliberate about what I say. Your tongue, the Bible says, is fire. Many of you think you are speaking. What is coming out of your mouth is fire. That's what the Bible says. Fire. It didn't say water. (laughs) Or mist. Sometimes, you know, when you are speaking and it's very cold. Those mists coming out of your mouth is fire that can destroy the work of the enemy or it can destroy people. Wow. The tongue also is a fire. When I read my Bible sometimes, it didn't say the tongue is like a fire. (laughs) It's fire. A world of evil. So, oh, excuse me. When you say hello to somebody, as far as I'm concerned, when you look at it, you're actually speaking a world. I don't know. Can you see how little our tongue is and how massive a world? Wow. It's a world of evil among the parts of the body. It can corrupt the whole body. It can set the whole course of one's life in fire and is itself set on fire by hell. So let's look at, so what, how should we deal with this thing we are talking about? So the next thing I want to talk about, I've got my slides here, but it's not opening up. You need to, so I wanted to trace 
the source of, let me see whether I can get it from another. I just like to follow my slide, sorry, so that, uh, yeah. okay. Oh, no, that's not what I want. No. <laughs> oh. You see, some things are coming out, but not what I want, and it wants me to be angry. Can you see? It says, but it doesn't bring out what I really want to read out from there. I will still keep trying. Just be patient with me. Let me see. Uh, no, you shouldn't do this to me. Not at this time. Okay? Okay. Okay. I think, I hope it should come out then. You see, anointing? Oh. Thank you, brother. Can you see? I need my brother to help me every time. <laughs> and it's come out. So, so when I was looking at where, I wanted to say origin, source. I just want to say, where does this? Where, where do we control this? Where do we manufacture this? What's, what's, what we say? Can we go back to the root? So where, that's where it comes from. <clears throat> so Matthew fifteen eleven says, what goes into someone's mouth does not defile them. But what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them. So can you see, what defiles a person is what comes out from the mouth, not what goes into the mouth. But Mark 7 says, it is not what goes into your body that defiles you. You are defiled by what comes from your heart. So I'm beginning to think that anything that proceeds out of our mouth Actually, you can trace the origin inside the heart. Your inner self. You know? So, when I was looking at the, the heart, what does it mean? So, I look at three things. Motives, intentions, these are the seeds of real issues in our speech. So, we can be saying something correct, it's possible to be saying something correct, but the motives and the intentions are wrong. And what I discovered is the Bible says God weighs our motives and intention. So how can we make our motives and intention right? How can we do that? I hope you are following me. Okay, so we're looking at the heart, motives and intention. So somebody can say something, but the motives and the intentions are wrong. Then I looked at motives. Motives, thank you. You are doing a fantastic job, my friend. The Bible says God weighs motives. So not necessarily what, is, what you are saying, but it's looking at the heart, the source. Why are you saying what you are saying? So you can laugh at me, but your intention, the intention might be wrong. God exposes the motives of the heart. You'll see that. Then I just said three kinds of motives. It could be false motive. It could be wrong motive. It could be impure motive. That's all coming from the heart. Yeah. So what should we do with our speech, with what we say? How should we slow down? What are the ingredients that we need to slow down when we speak? Is that okay? I want us to look at that. As a pastor, I've found this. I'm giving you some of my secrets as a pastor. 
so that you can also pastor people. I'm here to equip you to be pastors. <laughs> so when you speak, what are the necessary things you need for what you say? So the first one is Colossians chapter 4 verse 6. Colossians 4 6. It says, let your conversation, let your speech be always, always full of grace. Seasoned with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone. So it appears to me as if you can actually say the right thing at the right time. But with these things. So let's look at it. It says, always full of grace. Let what comes out of your mouth be gracious. So, don't just react. Don't, we shouldn't be reactive. Even if, that pe- if what the other person is saying to us or the actions we have seen is making us to be angry, is bringing displeasure, slow down before you speak. Say whatever that will come out of my mouth. You can begin with practicing that. Being conscious that, no, I'll be gracious in what I say. And it appears as if the Bible is saying, always with grace. That's why I like Jesus. It says it was full of grace and truth. Two things I discovered from that Bible passage. So I'm going to talk about grace. Oh, let's go to the next slide. We'll come back to Colossians 1 and 14 later. Uh, yes. The next slide, John 1, 14. Because I was talking about Jesus, which says, it was full of grace and truth. So I discovered that Jesus had a balance between grace and speaking the truth. So some of us, what we are saying is right, but it's devoid of grace. When you speak the truth, you can damage that person without grace. And when you are too gracious and you are not telling the truth, you make the person weak. So we need to balance. So I'm not saying you shouldn't say the truth. Let's say the truth. Well, let it come with grace. Okay, so let's go back to our former slide, Colossians 4.16. It says, always full of grace, seasoned with salt. Excuse me. You know, we have so many seasoners for our, like rice curry and all those curries. Can you give me some of the seasoners that we've got here? Please shout it out. Peppers. All, uh, okay, all pepper season, okay. Pardon? Caprica. Sorry. Yes, Capri. Caprica. Yes, uh, something like that. Uh, something like that. <laughs> what else? Pepper. You know, we have several seasoners, but do you know they don't come close to salt? So God didn't say you should season your, your, your speech with caprica. <laughs> Some of us, we season it with caprica. <laughs> it's salt. You know what salt does? It preserves. That what I'm saying to this person, how will it, even the person is weak, he's saying something that is not right, it's coming from weakness. Can something come out of me that will preserve 
and actually cause damage to the germs and bacteria coming out of what the person is saying or the life. So how do I process it, package it, I'm saying the truth, but it's preserving something that is precious in the life of this person. So you will notice on the periodic table, those salt, you know, table like I would, yes, every day do you know that you use salt? When you start to brush your teeth, the toothpaste is full of iodine. The water you drink is full of chlorine. The way they treat our waste, there's nothing, almost everything is, salt is involved, even to clear the snow. Salt is so powerful. Go and study what salt does. God is now saying, let your speech season it with salt. You know the other thing that sometimes we say? Season with sugar. He didn't say we should be saying sweet things that people want to hear. Sugar and salt, they are colorless. Is it colorless or white or what? Odorless. But they are different. The, the gap is so wide between the two. God didn't say we should season our, season our speech with sugar. We are just saying sweet things that people want to hear. That's not what God is saying. We're saying the truth is mixed with grace, but with salt. We don't need to always see the bad out of people. Is there something in the life? Of course, there are things that are not right. Is there something we can preserve in the life of that person? Can we bring something out that is beautiful? So that you may know how to answer everyone. That is so beautiful. So our speech should preserve. The next one, so it's Ephesians 4, verse 15. So I've talked about, so what are the things we need for our speech? Grace, truth, what other thing? Seasoner. Which is salt, not caprica. <laughs> Let it preserve. So that when I'm talking to someone, I'm looking for what, what, oh, and I've seen so many people in life. I've met so many people in life that some of the things I will say to them, of course, what they did is totally wrong. In fact, sometimes sinful. And I'm there to preserve life. Oh, I've seen so many marriages healed that were just at the brink of breaking up. And just say a word that will preserve. And I'm not manufacturing it. I'm asking the Holy Spirit, please, what can I do? This thing is getting rotten. How can I preserve this situation? Give me words. I've seen parents and their children not in good times. Honestly, I've seen just the word of God going out, seasoned with salt, and preserving relationship. I've seen it. I've seen somebody who the term an academic failure in school. And I just spent some time, just preserve something little. I saw music in that person. Every other thing was all right. I just saw music. 
I encouraged it, seizing it. He's not a professor of music. It's possible. Yeah. Ephesians 4.15, it says, Instead, speaking the truth in love. Let the intention be out of love. You cannot, people cannot see your intention of love. Even when, you are, when what you are saying is very hard. Because I've had some people say, Kofo, what you are saying to me is very hard. But I know the source. Sometimes you can be saying something to someone, but they, it might even be sweet. But they know. <laughs> you know, it's written all over our face that, mm, you are deceiving me. But when it's love, and you are saying the right thing, people will accept it. People will accept it. So we grow to become, in every respect, the mature body of him, who is the head that is Christ. I also discovered that when we say the truth in love, we are actually discipling people. We are actually making them matured in the Lord. That is always my goal. When I meet people, my intention is not where they are now. My, so when I'm seeing all of us, my intention is not that this is where you will be forever. There are some of you, you will become a politician. There are some of you, you will become a millionaire. And I've seen millionaires. There are some of you, you will become pastors. How can I use, how can I, because of where you are now, just speak at your level? No, I want to speak the truth to you. But do it in love. Do it in love. Mm. What's the next one? So I've talked about grace, salt, love. What else did I talk about? Hmm? Seasoners, caprica, not. Uh, okay. The next one, First Peter chapter three, verse fifteen to sixteen. Please take note of some of these things I'm saying. They will help you a lot. It says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Because this is talking about your hope in Christ and all those things. But I like the next sentence. It says, but do this with gentleness and respect. Oh, I'm just looking at how God wants us to speak to everyone. Respect people. What's the meaning of respect? You have admiration for somebody's ability and capability and qualities. You see something in, in that person. Of course, that person has said something that is not that is wrong or is doing something that is wrong, but you do it in such a way that you don't damage the ability and the capability. Of course, you are with salt, you are addressing that issue, but you are also bringing that quality out. That's respect. Wow. There was a lady who was a member of the church about nine years ago. He had a son. If you just say you are from King's Church, the son will begin to abuse you. You're Christian. You are foolish. You are stupid. You are deceiving my mom. You are an occult. He would just so everybody was afraid to talk to, to, to even phone her. This lady in the church. So one day the lady was poorly. People don't even phone her at all. So I had to call. So when I called this lady, guess who, <laughs> who picked the phone? The son. 
So, oh, you are the pastor. You Christians, you are foolish. You, uh, and, uh, why are you deceiving my mom? Um, um, uh. so, I, so I said, <laughs> thank you so much. I respect why you talking like that. I understand what you are saying. Said, no, no, no. You don't respect me. You need to allow me to speak. So I said, you are the only one speaking. <laughs> I want to listen to you. I want to hear you, but I also want you to listen to me and hear me. Oh, for the first time, the guy kept quiet. So you have the right to have that opinion. Your mom also has the right to want to follow Jesus. I said, I'm not going to argue with you. For the first time, the mom was telling me that you spoke to him he respected you. You will be the first person that he will listen to. And I shared the gospel, what we believe. I just shared it with him. And I said, I understand. I'm not forcing or imposing this on you. This is just what your mom believes. She, it makes her happy. She knows she's following the Lord, our Lord and Savior. And that was it. I respected him. And I said, look, I'm respecting you. I'm not shouting. I'm talking to you. I want you to also respect me. So when we go there with gentleness, but sometimes when, oh, haven't you seen on the road two drivers, you see their face turn to red. We don't need to be reactive. We need to be deliberate. Let's go out with gentleness. Even if somebody has offended you. But sometimes we think, oh, he might think I'm stupid. That's the other thing. When I do things, when you do things, know you are doing it on behalf of the Lord. This is what the Lord says. You should. Oh, I've seen God fighting for me. You don't know how God fights for people. Sometimes we are so strong that we want to fight our cause. No, allow God to fight for you. Allow the word of God. When the Bible says gentleness and respect, respect the other person. Don't speak over them. Listen. And as you are thinking about what this person is saying, just with God, give me wisdom. Give, oh, let me, anything that will come out of my mouth, let it just be seasoned with salt. You know, anger management people will say, slow down, breathe in and out. But you are saying to yourself, Holy Spirit, come now. Come now. Philippians chapter 1, verse 28, which is the next one. It says, He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. The next thing is wisdom. Let's speak with wisdom. There are times when somebody is saying something and I don't really understand. You know what I say? I say, I need you to help me to understand what you're saying. (laughs) I need you to help me. So I'm empowering the person to help me. Rather than saying, look, what are you saying? You are saying rubbish and nonsense. Because sometimes, haven't you seen people, what they are just saying is nonsense. (laughs) So I I won't say that. I I need you to help me to understand what you are saying. Wisdom. There are times when it's like, let's say, this keyboard is faulty, and I've asked you to repair it for, let me say, two months, and you have not done it. 
And I'm, it appears as if I'm frustrated. Oh, we need it. And that's the only keyboard we've got. You know what I will say? Rachel, can you come? Let me speak to you. Rachel, come up. Yes. <laughs> so let's say I told Rachel, Rachel, for two months, I keep telling her every day, repair this thing. And you know what I will do? I will just say, Rachel, oh, sorry. <laughs> Rochelle, why, why do I keep, I keep, I'm, I'm so sorry. Rochelle, Rachel, you see, she's forgiving me, seasoned with salt. You're a fantastic woman. So you know what I will say to her? I'll say to her, please let me know sincerely what I can do to make sure this thing is repaired. So rather than throwing it to her, I will say to myself, let me know what I can do to her. She might be so busy. So we are just thinking about ourselves. So I want to say, okay, what can I do to help you to make this happen? Anything, just let me know. Thank you. Rochelle. <laughs> Season with salt. My last slide is just to bring to focus everything I've said today. I hope this is going to help us. Slow down to speak. Grace, love, gentleness, respect, honor, and wisdom. And let's leave everything to God. Our speech will build people up. Our speech will heal the sick. Your speech will cause transformation. When you are speaking, it will appear as if you are, it's Christ that is speaking. And people will say, what a gracious woman is this person? What a gracious man is this person? I believe God is going to help us. So as you speak to people, just consider some of the ingredients I've put out there. Thank you so much.